Hi, everyone, and welcome to the News Agent Podcast. I'm Susie Lysett, Content Manager at Goodlord, and today's episode is a recording of our webinar with Ricky Purdy, Director of Residential Lettings at Dawson's, and Kevin Davidson Hall, who's a consultant at the Property Franchise Group. So, Goodlord's Trilly Martin spoke with them both to get an understanding of just what English letting agents can learn from the changes to tenancy law that Scotland and Wales have already gone through. So, without any further ado, on with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's webinar on compliance and legislation. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am one of the senior customer success managers here at Goodlord, and it is my pleasure to be hosting this webinar today with Ricky and Kevin. Ricky has over 20 years of experience within the property industry and will tell us a little bit about the state of play in Wales. Please say hello, Ricky, if you're there. I am here. Hello. Very nice to, to be here. Thanks for having me along, Trilly, and uh, looking forward to looking forward to the session. Thanks, Ricky. Um, and then we have Kevin, who has over 30 years of industry experience and will be giving us his knowledge and insights on lettings in Scotland. Please say hello, Kevin. Uh, morning, Trilly. Um, thanks very much for welcoming, welcoming me. That's uh, very kind of you. And um, hopefully together with Ricky, we can be of some help to the uh, attendees this morning. Thanks, Kevin. I'm really looking forward to today. So moving on, for those of you who aren't familiar, Goodlord is an award-winning lettings platform that works alongside your property management system to manage the entire tenancy process. Our customers do trust us to help them stay compliant, generate additional revenue, and some of our services give them time back in their day by streamlining their processes and much, much more. We've been growing and evolving since about 2015, and we have a lot of great resources, podcasts, blogs, the whole thing on our website and also on Spotify. So check them out if you haven't already done so. Our new State of the Lettings Industry Report has also launched this week. So please do download this via our website. It is a comprehensive report which surveyed over 2,000 industry professionals for their views on the industry. So moving on to our agenda. Our schedule today includes industry in insights, an intro into Scottish and Welsh tenancy law, landlord accountability, periodic tenancies, the abolishment of Section 21, student lets and rent controls, preparing for change, and a question and answer session as well. But we're going to kick off now with some stats. So, Ricky, I'm going to start with you. Would you mind telling us your thoughts on these graphs and might you have any change in tactics? Um, yeah, of course. I, I, starting, you know, to the left there with the available properties that, that we see for rent this year. Um, I think the statistics you've got there mirror what we're seeing, um, on a, maybe in a regional and a, on a, on a, on a national level there. It's really, it's, um, it is remaining very, very difficult. The sort of supply and demand is, is, is a tough one for, for us as a, as, as agency, for um, us as an industry and for those prospective tenants. So the number of available properties has um, continued to remain low. Um, there are sort of slight fluctuations as, as the, as the years progressed, you know, pinch points, busy periods and, and less busy periods, which would be seasonal possibly. But ultimately, um, yes, the available properties are an awful lot lower than they were. An increase, um, shown in Wales there at 7% or significant increase is a small proportion. And that's going to be pocketed maybe north and south Wales. Um, with a small increase or no change probably being the sort of the the more accurate reflection um from our from our perspective we've seen almost identical number of properties this year as we did last year in terms of market appraisals and valuation opportunities um our conversion rate is higher we know we've managed to sort of successfully sort of get more properties to market than we did last year year to date um but that is almost negated by the amount of properties that are leaving landlords that are considering leaving or have exited or the number of properties that are staying with longer tenants so the terms are extending on the back of our legislation changes last year as well as the current climate where there is no properties for a prospective tenant to move to um, if they've outgrown or fancy a change so um, it is very much aligned with those stats i think they're very accurate from a welsh perspective as as you've recorded them Thanks, Ricky. And same question to you, Kevin, please. What are your thoughts on these figures? And are you making, are you suggesting any change in processes? 
I've I've yet to meet a, a letting agent who um, says they've got enough stock. So um, the, the you know the stats don't really surprise me. Um, I, it's it's interesting. I think I think the, the most um, fundamental thing I'll say about any of these charts, not just specifically this one, um, but it, what it comes down to is it's actually somebody else's story. Um, and the question that I put to all of the people listening to this uh, this morning is. Does does someone else's story need to be your story? Um, and I, I would say not. Um, I think we got some data not so long ago from the Edinburgh solicitors. Um, it was mainly talking about East Fife or Fife and the Central Belt. Uh, and if I believed that, I would be down 25% this year on my letting stock. Um, the actual reality is I'm up 50%. So I know that we are doing something different from most letting agents in Scotland. And that's that's your challenge. Do you want to be a market um, taker or do you want to be a market maker? Um, you know, that for sure, there's some challenges. I mean, landlords are getting older um, where you've got a very strong sales market, particularly over a period of years. Um, there, there's a temptation you know, to take the profit and run. Um, but um, you know, most people are staying in. Yields are good. Um and as long as that remains the case, you know, you, in Scotland, you, we can get you, you know, ten percent yield and, and better than ten percent capital growth, uh, despite all the help that the government is giving uh, the property sector and the um, private landlords. Uh, I think most people are staying in. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, so we have some more statistics here, everyone. Kevin. Back to you, if you don't mind. Um, very much keen to hear your expectations around landlords using agents over the next year or possibly leaving the market. Uh, I think you've got a huge opportunity here. And uh, my English colleagues are already saying that one of the key differentiators around this rentals reform bill uh, is that most agents are nowhere near as well informed as they should be. And in fact, most of them are really not informed at all. So we're, we're already seeing a drift towards the brands that I work with um, from landlords switching agent or from self-managing landlords coming in for the first time. And I, th I think that will continue. So um, such as the Renters Reform Bill is actually a big opportunity if the agents inform themselves uh, which is what we're trying to help you with today. Um, well, you've got to really know your stuff. You've got to be able to sell it and you've got to um, rehearse these conversations and you've got to be able to um, talk to landlords with complete confidence and authority. And if you can do those things, you'll win more business and you'll, you'll take uh, the bread out of your competitors' mouths. Absolutely. That happens to be lots of the things I'm having conversations about with my customers too. Um, Ricky, what are your thoughts here on the landlord stance in Wales? Very similar to what what, what Kevin has said, and I think the sort of a, a general consensus probably. Um, you know, we're getting used to the changes, the legislation that came in into play last year, and you know, we've we're we're taking advantage of the benefits um, that come with that and the positivities um, to sort of outweigh the pessimism and the sort of the scepticism that there is around the market at the moment from a landlord's perspective. So, great opportunities there. Um, I think the changes in terms of notice period and, and length of tenancies and commitment periods um, from a landlord now versus pre-legislation um, in December has helped the cause. So as Kevin said, um, there are the opportunities there, having great conversation, communicating with the landlords that we manage, even the landlords that self-manage, um, landlords that we secure tenants for that self-manage, but ultimately those landlords that secure tenants through other agents or have properties managed by other agents. Um, so um, landlords leaving and entering the market, yes, there are going to be landlords that exit, taking advantage of, of, of some capital growth, as, as David has said, as Kevin has said, sorry, but ultimately the conversations, the communication and being that the, the founding of knowledge almost being that sort of go-to person or brand to reassure those those landlords that are on the fence that that possibly you know a knee-jerk reaction is is going to be the wrong one and once they're understanding the benefits of it um you know hopefully they will 
maintain landlords or maintain being a landlord or ultimately in the interest of us as an agency um choose us as an agent to manage instead of it themselves and take that burden away so um so yeah we are seeing opportunities there we've seen less landlords leave the market than we'd assumed or forecast at the start of the year and i don't see that changing at the end of this year um truly i don't think you know we're looking at our forecast for q1 and q2 next year and that's not going to change the commitment period for landlords um now are 12 months um, or 12 monthly in relative terms you know through legislation that we'll touch on later so we have already got the commitment from landlords until this time next year or further afield um which we can then use that time to reassure further and educate that you know that's continually the best thing to do so in summary less leaving than we assumed yes some are leaving and that's having an impact on supply but ultimately uh, i think you know it's um it's it, it's it's a positive and always remember as well that landlords leaving is only one side of the coin um there's also landlords coming in uh i've, I've seen some data that suggests across the UK as a whole, uh, there's actually more landlords um, entering the sector than are leaving. Um, I mean, I I take that with a slight pinch of salt. Um, It came from a reasonably authoritative source. Um, I'm quite sure the landlords or some of the landlords coming in are different from some of the landlords that are exiting in as much as they might be more sophisticated. Uh, They might have bigger holdings. They might be incorporated, um, those sort of things. And there are some challenges for an agent in dealing with you know more sophisticated, incorporated, um, bigger clients mm-hmm. than dealing with a you know a one-off you know, landlord with um, a single unit who uh, might be of advancing age and is possibly looking at uh, sort of cashing in to retire. So again, it's, it comes down to land uh, to agents um, raising their game, coming at it in a different way. <clears throat> I think, yes, just to sort of quickly sort of touch on that point there. I, ultimately, I, I completely agree there, Kevin. We've statistically where we've secured more new business, more new landlords year to date than we did last year. And that is negated within part by those landlords that are leaving and therefore taking properties with them. Um, the majority of the properties or the landlords that we're interacting with now that we hadn't previously are a mixture, but predominantly they are um, landlords that we're self-managing that have now decided to use an agent for all of the benefits that we'll talk about later. Um, and um, those landlords that are looking to go to <clears throat> maybe a um, a better quality of agent or an agent that is able to support them better or more than they have been at the past. So changes of agency um, is key. Landlords expanding portfolios um, is, is a key factor for us as well. <clears throat> As those landlords that self-manage and that need a little bit of support, so yes, we are we are seeing more, um, and that's been eaten into a little by those landlords leaving. But it's not a pro rata number at the moment. Well, I'm I'm growing my portfolios um, all over Scotland, so you know it's, it's definitely a net gain um, yeah. here. Uh, and again, it, it comes down to: do you want someone else's story, or do you want to write your own story? I feel like knowledge is power right now. If you're an agent. The more you know about all these changes, the better you're going to be able to support any new landlords coming into the market or fight off any, try and do what you can to save some landlords who are thinking of exiting the market. Um, So I'm going to give you a bit of a brief background now about tenancy law. Um, So we'll start with Wales um, for our listeners. So the Renting Homes Wales Act 2016 aims to simplify the Welsh rental process and make being a tenant in Wales more straightforward. So what does this involve? In short, there's three main things. So number one would be tenancy changes. Assured shorthold tenancies will be replaced with two types of occupation contract, either a secure contract for community or social housing landlords or a standard contract for private landlords. Um, The second main change um, was evictions and notice period changed. Um, So Section 21 possession notices will be replaced with Section 173 notices under the new Act. This extends the minimum notice period that landlords can give tenants on a periodic contract to six months for a no-fault eviction. Landlords and agents won't be able to serve a Section 173 notice during a fixed-term standard contract and can only serve one for a periodic standard contract after six months. The third main change, new safety rules. 
So new rules under the new renting for homes, fitness for human habitation, Wales regulations 2022. These highlight that landlords should ensure gas safety certificates, smoke alarms and electrical certificates. Moving on to give you a brief background of Scotland. So the new legal requirements for landlords and tenants are detailed in the Private Housing Tenancies Scotland Act 2016. The new tenancy, which must be used for all new tenancies created on or after the 1st of December 2017, um, include is open-ended, which means a landlord will no longer be able to ask a tenant to leave simply because the fixed term has ended. It provides a more predictable rents and protection for tenants against excessive rent increases. It also includes the ability to introduce local rent caps for rent pressure areas and provides comprehensive and robust grounds for repossession that will allow landlords to regain possession in 18 specified circumstances. The Cost of Living Tenant Protection Scotland Bill 2022 includes a rent freeze and suspension of activity on evictions. From April the 1st this year, rent increases have been capped at 3%, although private landlords can apply to increase rents up to 6% to help cover certain costs. Enforcement of evictions will also continue to be prevented with certain exemptions. Finally, the current rent cap only applies to the private rented sector. And interestingly, combined with rent price data, Property Mark says that landlords in Scotland are increasing rents between tenancies to cover their costs and anticipated costs due to fear of ongoing rent control legislation. So hopefully that gives some insight to our listeners today. And we're going to move on. So, Ricky, would you mind telling us a little bit about landlords and how Welsh legislation affects their role? I'm hoping we can have the next slide here. Uh, of course. I think we've got probably the, the two aspects of it at the moment, uh, really. We've got the Rented Homes Wales Act that you've you've noted the key points of there, which has been effective since December of last year. Um, that is as well as um, Rent Smart Wales, which is the legal um, requirement for licensing and registration that, that landlords and agents have in Wales and, and have had for some five or six years. So they work um, hand in hand effectively um, with the registration and licensing requirements for agents and landlords running parallel with the changes that you mentioned earlier in the Renting Homes Wales Act uh, from December. So there were two things to get used to in Wales um, and we are still getting used to both of them. Whilst we're five years down the line in terms of Rent Smart Wales, that five-year license and registration renewal um, was for the main, was for the, the majority last year. Um, at the same time as the Renting Homes Wales Act, which came into play, that should have been in 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 play in July and got deferred to December the first of last year, which um, clouded the waters a little, um, but gave you know the much needed extra time for everybody to align their needs on it. Um, so, um, what is currently in place and how that affects um, the, the the landlords and the tenants? Very much as you've said, I think it was getting used to fundamental changes in anything that we've done as a, as agency, anything that landlords have done as private landlords or landlords using an agency um, and understanding the knock-on effects and ultimately the benefits or disadvantages of them. Um, the registration and licensing, as I've said, with Rent Smart Wales is five yearly. That is um you know, an important factor last year and this year as to how and when landlords choose to stay within the industry to carry on and not look to exit as one more thing for them to do possibly the benefits from notice periods not having in a section 21 not having an, an assured short old tenancy and replacing that with an occupation contract definitely has its advantages but initially was seen as a disadvantage a long commitment of time ultimately 12 months as a minimum for landlords um, with a six-month fixed term and a six-month notice period that would follow um, thereafter as opposed to in line with. So um, once we were able to communicate and educate and sort of, you know, reassure our clients and landlords in general, maybe not clients of ours, that maybe will be one day, um, I think the, the the thought process were aligned that, um, you know, getting our um, 
our ducks lined up, um, getting everything organized in conjunction with the fitness um, for human habitation and the safety elements that, that you noted earlier. Um, we're all important, but advantageous at the same time. Absolutely. And same questions to you, Kevin, please. Do your landlords have a lot of similarities or not so much? Uh, well, Scotland had a, a huge bomb dropped on the uh, private letting sector that started in um, December 2017. It was a complete root and branch reform. Um, so everything changed. Um, and we have now have, um, as our main tenancy type, private residential tenancies, PRTs. Uh, with that came letting agent registration, uh, there was landlord registration prior to this already, uh, and also the letting agent code of practice. So all of these things, uh, and actually um, uh, a specialist um, housing chamber. Um, so there's a, what we call the first tier tribunal now, which um, deals with all these housing cases. So there's no no more um, county court or in Scotland sheriff's court. It's all done in the first tier tribunal. Um, I mean, there's there's advantages uh, and there's disadvantages. Um, we had in Scotland all the concerns and all the worries that you know your listeners will have in England. Um, I mean, I, you know, I can do it in a Scottish accent if you like, but uh, it's like, <laughs> the end of the world is nigh. It'll never work. It'll never grow. Um, <laughs> but do you know what it did? I mean, it it actually worked fine. And um, I mean, my job was actually the the you know preparation of our businesses for all of these changes, which was a massive um, task. We had to get more qualified in order that they could uh, meet the standard for letting agent registration. Um, there are a few bottlenecks around that, like getting people to do their studying, then getting them through exams, finally um, getting all the all the paperwork done, even stuff like CPD hours. There were people scratching around at the last minute because they couldn't evidence enough CPD hours. So, you know, if, if your listeners can see all those things coming and start preparing well in advance, because there's a clear sort of direction of travel here. And, I mean, the dust hasn't settled yet on exactly what England's going to do. But my feeling is that by the time it does, it's going to be much closer to the Scottish model than um, things look at the moment. Um, I'd be very surprised if we don't end up with some sort of landlord registration. Uh, this portal thing, I mean, yeah, it's, it sounds great, but do you know what? It'd be much better if they just registered landlords, um, really. Um, so, um, so that's my feeling. The upsides of it are, uh, well, there's a couple of downsides, and we'll, we'll maybe get to talking about those later. I mean, the, the, the PRC effectively took out tenant fees in Scotland. Um, so obviously that had to be um, addressed and um, charges restructured to um, fill that gap. Um, and also there are no more renewal fees. So these you know, tenant fees have gone in England, but loss of renewal fee income is going to be a significant factor. Uh, so that's going to require some thinking about, and it's it's going to require some restructuring. Um, the, the advantage is that people stay longer, and there's there's been a drift towards longer occupancy uh, in Scotland, and I think that that certainly continued during the currency of the PRT, and I can see tenancy lengths um, extending further. And if if you think about that, and maybe you need just a slightly different mindset, but the primary interest of most landlords is actually full occupancy, no voids. Um, so having a long-term tenant who stayed um, with, with the right to review the rent every 12 months, which is what they have on the PRT, is actually pretty good. Um, and as long as the agent's charging structure is right at the beginning uh, and you're charging a decent uh, commission rate, um, you'll be fine. In fact, you'll be better off. We we grew our income in Scotland the year the PRT came in. Yeah, I, I, just to, to echo those thoughts. Oh, sorry, Trin, just to just to sort of you know sort of reiterate those points which are applicable here in Wales as well. I think it ultimately the aim was to improve the sector, to improve the quality of tenant tenant landlord agent interaction, the quality of properties, um, and you know we are getting that way. Properties did leave the market. Landlords did leave the market on the back of the registration and the licensing and and, and the sort of requirements around 
fit and proper person requirements, qualifications, set standards for landlords that self-manage, and of course, qualifications, you know, for agents um, within agencies. So having the the, the knowledge bank of individuals within a company, in a company or, or landlords that manage privately has definitely increased and improved. And there is opportunities there, which, you know, we've been able to sort of benefit from and take advantage of and, and look to train ourselves individually with a sister company, likewise agents, um, across Wales and private landlords. So, um, having, requirements in place within 12 weeks of starting an agency as a new member of staff or a new member of a team within an agent in Wales um, is is commonplace now and a requirement and it's definitely improving sort of you know like I say people's capabilities and, and their confidence which is you know reflected in the in the the clients that they're dealing with so um so those are positives for sure and it's it's all loosely folded I'm sure Ricky just in in Wales as it is in Scotland um you know, letting agent code of practice, um, e- even the PRT, certainly all the requirements around um, safety. Um, it's it's a loose leaf folder and the government are slipping new pages into that folder on a regular basis. So the challenge or the greater challenge for agents in England will be how do they, well, A, how do they prepare for all that to start with? But B, once the regime is in, how do they then keep themselves up to date and fully informed as, as time passes? And that that's um in Scottish terms, it's like painting the fourth bridge. It's a never ending task. Yeah. Ultimately, that's exactly the same in terms of the sort of the the, the middle point there. You know, what's the impact been? It's, as we've touched on, far more positives than there have been negatives. Preparation is key. The administration, transmission, um, transition, sorry, uh, uh, communication and and, and the requirements um, being staged and, and, and staggered here by default rather than intentionally definitely helped us prepare for what was a wholesale changes as kevin touched on earlier so so the impact has been has been very large um and is ongoing and will continue to be ongoing with additions and changes that you know will will come about no doubt perfect i think that covers some really useful suggestions um for some of our english agents listening um as how to prepare for similar changes so next we are moving on to periodic tenancies and the removal of section 21s so kevin would you tell our audience today what the current setup is in scotland for this and how this has impacted the industry right um well prt is is perpetual i mean there there is no fixed term um you can't have minimum term um you can't uh, take away the rights of the tenant to, to give the minimum notice period, which is basically 28 days. Um, so, you know, that potentially that sounds, uh, you know, dreadful. Um, but do you know what? It isn't. Um, it's fine. And, and um, you know, landlords were worried about this in Scotland. Agents were worried about it in Scotland. Everyone said, well, you know, how on earth, how on earth are we going to be able to make this work? But, you know, if you, if you think about it more calmly, um, you know, most tenants when they commit to a property, they're not they're not thinking about being there for twenty eight days. They're thinking about being there for quite some time. Um, the average tenancy length is now heading out towards four years. Um, so you know, we, we're getting longer tenancies. People are staying longer. There's some demographics around that. Tenants are getting older, or there are more older tenants rather rather. Um, so all of that. Uh, you know, is actually beneficial um, and nothing to be frightened about. Um, the, perhaps one of the biggest impacts, and we maybe talk about this more um, a bit later. I think you've got a slide for student lettings, but um, there was particular concern around the student sector, um, and even that is actually not been a problem in practice. Um, and I, I actually, prior to uh, today, I mean, I've actually taken the trouble to um, speak to all of our offices that do um, significant numbers of student lettings. And I, I knew I knew the answer anyway, but I just thought, you know what, I'll, I'll double check and make sure mm. nothing changed. But there is, in practice, no difficulty with um, student lets, and there there are no void, there are no significant void periods. What's what's happened? is the students are actually solving uh, succession problems for the agents. And if someone goes, uh, in most cases, the students are actually supplying the successors. 
so the properties are full there's there's no there's no issue uh if we, you know we do get a property back and we change tenants we've got the opportunity to put the rent up um at the moment quite significantly uh so yeah we can do that basically uh, where where there's a where, where there's a change of tenants um and that's fine and at the moment those rent increases are you know really significant I and mean, actually embarrassingly so really um so you know that's that's one of the biggest concerns um and i just don't think i just don't think in practice it just won't be a concern so um take take my reassurance that um if the english mod if the english reforms go down the scottish route and follow that model uh this this is actually not likely to be a problem at all um loss of section 21 um which is is really what happened uh, in Scotland when the PRT came in um again in practice it's it's not been a problem i mean there there are a limited number of circumstances in which a landlord would want to um rid himself of a tenant anyway uh, actually at the moment there are 21 grounds under which you can do that rather than 18 um and all the usual things that you would require are covered within those grounds. Um, slightly less than ideal at the moment is that all of those grounds, there used to be some mandatory grounds and some discretionary grounds. At the moment, all the grounds are discretionary. Um, and there's, there's been some pressure on um, the Scottish Government to go down this route, which is coming from the Green Party element of the SNP Green Coalition. Uh, and it's the Greens that are also obsessed with rent control, which we'll talk about a little more later, I'm sure. Um, that, in, again, it, it hasn't caused any real problems in practice so far. Ultimately, the decisions are made by the first tier tribunal. Um, there's also a requirement now that the first tier tribunal considers uh, the reasonable te reasonableness test before evicting. And that's that's basically to bring the private sector into line with social housing. Um, again, in practice, so far, I've not I'm not aware that that's caused us any problems uh, at all. Um, one would like to think that the first tier tribunals are reasonably sensible bodies, um, capable of common sense. Um, although there are some quite strange and perverse decisions on occasion, um, but I say touchwood. So far, we've not. Not I am not aware of any um, significant difficulties around any of this, and I think I would be um, had there been any. Brilliant. Thank you for your confidence. Right. Ricky, we, um, we'd love to know how this has changed that your day-to-day -day in Wales and how this has affected with your, your relationship with landlords. And we do also have a live question for you um, asking about... Um, the new tenancy rules in Wales, um, does this mean you lose revenue from renewals? Um, well, ultimately, depending on your, your process as an agency, but, but, but yes, that can be the case. Um, looking at, in, in simple terms, probably starting at a point one of the slide there, Trillian, and working on, we've got our occupation contracts with a with a minimum term of six months and then a six-month notice period thereafter. Um, so the biggest educational piece for us as agents and agency and landlords was getting used to a longer commitment which was for the vast majority i think a sort of a psychological hurdle rather than a practical one as kevin touched on earlier average lengths of tenancy or tenants in situ is, is is three years and and plus so having commitments annually from a landlord's perspective not a tenant's perspective was just one point to get over um and just be reassured on to, to give reassurance and, and, and to understand it as a landlord. So once that initial hurdle was, was overcome, which I think was the, the biggest point from a landlord's perspective, what do I do if I need my property back? What do I do if my tenant um, um, is, it does something wrong or is in breach of contract? What do I do if something unforeseen happens? Much as Kevin said there, circumstances are what they are in practical terms of, of, of having a tenant uh, uh, property vacant as a result of a tenant's misdoing that is a relatively simple process in some instances even than it was previously we do have mandatory and, uh, and discretionary grounds which is which is great for rent arrears and, and persistent late payments and whatnot um, um which is which is key but ultimately um 
if, if, if a landlord is looking at something for a longer period of time than having the security and the peace of mind and the commitment of, of annual tenancies or annual commitments from a tenant, if, if that's what they've agreed is, is reassuring the renewal question that, that came in. If contracts are renewed six monthly or yearly or 18 monthly, depending on that, that process and that timeline and, and that agency. So yes, there are missed opportunities possibly, but at the same time, we are seeing uh, ourselves across across our offices and, and and the full portfolio a big uptake and a big increase in the tenancy renewals, um, which went back to one of the points earlier, and um, where landlords are confident in their sort of circumstance, they are committing to, you know, remaining in the industry and remaining as a landlord until at least this time next year, if not longer, because their commitments are are twelve monthly or, or greater. Um, so the, the process we have here is slightly different to, to what Kevin mentions there, but I, I, I think the sort of general consensus is, is one of positives. Once it's become relatively normal, we've passed that initial six month tenancy transition now through the middle of, of this year, through the summer months. So landlords and agents are used to that first process of, um, of, of change of new tenants or renewing a tenancy. Um, so the, the the impact from an agent and a landlord's point of view, I think, has is would be looked at much more positively now than the apprehension at the start um, or prior to it. And I think the preparation and the points that um, I suppose would be um, noted by Kevin and, and and hopefully sort of ready to work for, for for those agents in England is is preparation getting as knowledgeable, getting as much insight as can be um, beforehand, building a timeline of, of, of what to do, when to do it, knowing there will be a big overall of, of all things that you do from the very simple to the more complicated <clears throat> um, and reassuring the clients that whilst there will be changes, fundamental changes, the majority of them are in uh, are positive and and anything that's maybe a little bit more complicated or or seen as a disadvantage um, can be discussed and looked at on a on a case by case basis between an agent and a landlord. Thanks for your recommendations, Ricky. Um, and Kevin, did you have anything further to add about what you would recommend to English agents and landlords to prepare for these changes specifically well, around periodic tenancies and Section Twenty One? There's, there's going to be a massive amount that will need to be changed. Um, probably most of the bits of paper that agents use and run on, we're going to need revising and changing. Um, landlord terms of business, um, tenancy agreements, obviously, uh, any guides here that are issued, information uh, to, to landlords and tenants, all of that is going to need to be you know, completely rewritten, really. Uh, and that's a massive task. Um, and, you know, the governments have a very nasty habit of actually not giving the detail. Certainly the Scottish government, anyway, we'd never get the detail till very much the last you know, minute, like the, literally the 11th hour of the, you know, the final day, which makes it very difficult to update things like CRM platforms and um, get these new documents rolled out. Um so that's you know that's a, that's a big challenge, and I wouldn't I wouldn't underestimate that. Uh, obviously, for those of us who are under a, a franchise umbrella, that's fine. And your franchisor uh, brilliantly does all this stuff in the background, which means you know you get to carry on sleeping, but I get very little sleep you know, for quite a long period of time. Um, those of you who are under the good lord umbrella, that's that's a fantastic advantage for you as well because. Um, like us, yeah, good lord's lawyer will be looking at terms of business and um, revising all of those. So, you know, you'll, you will just be able to look forward to a whole new suite of documents that are going to be fit for purpose and right for you without you losing that, that sort of precious sleep. So I think that's a, you know, a huge advantage. I mean, it, it really is a very stressful process if you're doing all of that uh, without any assistance or um, an umbrella. Yeah, I think I'd just step in there and, and reiterate those points. You know, from, from the changes that we had here in Wales effective last December, we almost started again. There, there is very few, if anything, in terms of processes, protocols, administration, paperwork, terms of business, um, that, that has remained the same. You know, great help from you guys at Good Lord and a lot of the third parties that we work with in terms of making our occupation contract the one it is today um, and having that in readiness for December last year, which, um, as, as Kevin noted, um, 
the information that's shared and the insight is is not forthcoming a lot of the time. You know, it was literally changes being made during the last days of November, bearing in mind our changes here in Wales, you know, started on December the 1st. So, you know, whatever time you think you've got to prepare, almost double it, you know, whatever resources you mm. think you allocate in terms of time and, and, and numbers of the team, add more to it because it, it really is um, all-consuming and uh, the support you get from those people you interact with, yourself being being key in my instance, is is is, is very important. I mean, there's, there's obviously a proposal for a new regulator for the, the property sector in England. Um, to me, that, that means that a code of practice is almost inevitable. If there's a new regulator, what are they going to regulate unless there's a code that you know, defines how everyone's supposed to act and behave? So I, I fully expect there'll be uh, a code of practice in England uh, and I expect there'll be um, a requirement for letting agents to be registered as well. So, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the, the dust on that hasn't yet settled, but I would keep these thoughts in mind and um, anything that agents could do at the moment to um, advance their, their staff or even themselves towards um at least some, you know, some level of qualification is going to be useful. Um, yeah. Obviously, until we know, you know, what level of qualification uh, is 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 going to be required, that's difficult. But um, and in, in Scotland, it's actually fairly uh, demanding. Um, so, but they're they're the potential bottlenecks. Um, so, anything that you can start doing now to advance, you know, your business along those. Um, Along along that journey is going to be a great help, and it will save you a lot of stress later on, and and it will make you a better agent. Yeah, I, th- I think those t- two points. Third point, I think it completely sort of accurate, Kevin. I think there's not many things that we can do, or maybe the agents um, in England can do this far in advance to prepare for it, other than look at some protocols um, one being training getting the staff as sort of as 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 knowledgeable and as sort of um as, as up to speed as they would like to be in and, and each office and an individual would want to be benefit from that in terms of the interaction with clients um but it's also from a from a cost and a, and a, and a financial perspective as well you're looking to sort of spread that over a period of time rather than there be an awful lot of time and effort and money put into um to a change when it comes so yeah that educational piece for the staff um and all of the industry i think is is the first starting point of advice i'd give and get get some cpd house together because that you know you you sort of well haven't done it but you know you're going to need to evidence it so make sure you've got some certificates that you know you can send when the time comes because you know you will be scratching around for those very late in the day unless you prepare yeah yeah completely agree Brilliant suggestions. Thank you so much, both. So um, next up, we're going to be discussing um, how students have been affected by these changes and how you think English agents and landlords can prepare for similar changes. And we do have some live questions slash concerns from Paul, um, who is specifically quite keen to hear both of your thoughts about student tenancies being fixed term and how that might might cause quite a large problem um i might start with i'll start with you kevin um well all i can say is if if we go down uh, a route similar to scotland in practice it's likely to be fine and um you will not find your clients will not find that they're in any way really disadvantaged by losing fixed term tenancies um however uh, there is in Scotland, uh, as actually there is in England, uh, a workaround for student lets. Um, and the workaround is, is to go down the contractual route. Um, the requirements for an AST are pretty much the same as for a PRT in Scotland at the moment. Um, and in both countries, it, it's, it shouldn't, well, it, it, unless the property is the, is the person's main or principal home, um, strictly, it can't be an AST or a PRT. Um, so, what's the answer to that? We could use a contractual tenancy, um, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you obviously have to explain um, to the tenant and you have to explain to the landlord this is why. Um, from my point of view, I'd advise you um, to ask the question in writing of your prospective tenant will this be your main or principal home? 
and it, you know if someone is staying a, a student let in term time and then in holidays they go back to the parental home um no it's not it's not their principal uh, or main residence um so that's fine um and you you can perfectly properly uh, in scotland use a contractual tenancy in those circumstances uh the problem you've got is what happens if the person's circumstances change you know boy meets girl or girl meets boy or whatever uh and suddenly that that student that becomes you know their principal uh place of residence and they don't go home as often or they don't go home at all um what happens then um well you know you basically you're still on the contractual tenancy unless there's a problem and the worst that can happen in scotland is that if you had to go to the first team tribunal uh on the basis of the contractual tenancy and the first tier tribunal looked at it and said well no actually you know this is clearly the, the um tenants principal home now so we're going to treat this like it's prt um you, you your position or your client's position would be that you've got a prt and you would then have all the prt remedies to recover possession so you know um our lawyer is not wildly keen on this um uh and he's he's basically not wildly keen on it, A, because he's a lawyer and they're very, very cautious um, by nature. Uh, but there is basically nothing wrong with doing things that way. And you could at the moment uh, do do things that way in England if, if you wanted to. And I suspect that post-reform, there will probably be a similar contractual workaround for student lets. Will you need it? Will it, will it be uh, prudent? Will it be worth, um, you know, the, the potential reputational risk that um, obliging people to that route will run? Um, probably not. So actually, I think what will happen is that, um, you know, you'll, you'll just carry on um, doing things as you do now. Uh, and you'll find that your student letting experience is, is pretty much the same as it is now. And your, your clients' worries will have been misplaced. Thank you, Paul. Uh, if you're listening still, I'm, I really hope that that gives you some peace of mind. Um, Okie dokie. So, Ricky, are things a little different with students and rent controls um, in Wales? And if so, how? Um, yes, slightly. I mean, sort of rent controls is, is, is a separate point that we'll sort of probably sort of move on to or sort of um, separate from the, the first point of, of students. I think ultimately, as, as Kevin has said, uh, um, the change and the sort of, you know, the unforeseen sort of uh, impacts that that would have was an understandable concern by us as, as, as agents, um, landlords, um, as well as the sort of the wider picture. In real terms, you know, we've just gone through the first transition since the changes last year in December. So we've had the first end of a academic year and a, and a summer break and, and, and the start of new terms, um, this, this month, this week and next week. Um, there have been very little, um, issues on the back of, of, of the changes that have been made, uh, which is great and very sort of reassuring for all involved. I think a lot of time and preparation has gone into making sure that's the case. New students know no different, uh, Trilly, you know, students that are letting for the first time from this summer onwards. It is the way it is. Um, students that have been used to something different last year that are maybe in their second or third year or, or fourth year even, and those are experienced landlords have probably had to get used to the changes. Ultimately, um, I think Kevin touched on this earlier on in the, in the session as opposed to for this question. Students want to move out when they need to move out. Landlords have the properties back when they need the properties back as just that annual and academic cycle. So whilst there could be a few bumps in the road, should things go wrong in terms of tenant circumstances or student circumstances change, ultimately, you know, touch a wood, you know, we've not had a single problem this year and the, the way that contracts are structured or the way that we've structured the fixed term periods have worked really well, been bought into by tenants, um, students, um, uh, as well as the landlords um, of those student properties. So will we see anything changing as we end this next academic year? Possibly in terms of a few lessons learned and things that we would tweak as an agency or tweak as a protocol, but ultimately that preparation and the education communication to landlords and new students or experienced students um, has made it a pretty smooth process. I mean, it's, it's right. going to be... It's going to be a difficult one to um, 
talk to clients about because you will not have any evidence to support the reassurance that you're trying to give um because the evidence doesn't exist in england at the moment so you know if i mean um if you if you lose our uh, fixed terms and um you know there's, there's no more section 21 i mean you 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 could be struggling for actual hard evidence to to say to a client that well look here's the data this is this is what your experience is like um so you again you're going to have to inform yourselves um more fully and look at the broader picture and look at um you know other other jurisdictions where these changes have already happened and i, I would suggest that scotland is a really good place to look um because you know it's it's been this way here since 2017 and the student letting sector in scotland is booming i mean it's you know really buoyant um the yields are uh, the best or pretty much the best that anybody can get. Capital growth's good and, you know, occupancy is virtually full. Um, so, you know, I mean, um, if, if anybody, you know, is really struggling and needs some reassurance, then I'd, I'd suggest um, a call a call to a letting agent in Scotland, um, really. But as I say, in, in my experience, this will be absolutely fine. And um any any landlord clients who are worried about the impact of these changes are going to have on their performance of their portfolios i think you just got to be quite um firm in managing those clients and just say that you know on all the basis of everything i've found out i think this is fine and you don't need to worry yeah i completely agree i think it's just being positive there uh, as you say kevin we looked at some some of the track record with, with with you guys in scotland and sort of tried to sort of use that as reassurance we have definitely seen a sort of a, a strong student market over the last 18 months um in terms of the, the numbers and the uptake and the proactivity ahead of commitment commitment to you know to a specific property um and void periods um like you say are at, at an all-time low or, or, or non-existent We've also seen advantages where tenants, uh, students are staying on, you know, for an, for a, for a second or third academic year at the same property. So that process is made easier as well in, from a Welsh perspective, which is another advantage to, 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 to relay. Yeah, exactly the same. So I say it's, it's potentially a harder one to, to really explain. Um, but uh, I think you just got to be very confident in um, handling any objections. And, and certainly you should be saying to somebody, well, look, there's, there's no need to panic. And if you sell you know, your student investment portfolio, um, what else are you going to do with the, the cash that's going to give you these sort of returns, Mr. Landlord? It's, it's very hard to replace you know, ten percent yield and better than ten percent capital growth. Um, yeah, really. There's there's an exemption in Scotland for student schemes over thirty. Um, so you know, purpose built student schemes tend to not be covered by uh, the PRT. I would guess there'll be something similar in England, whether it's thirty or um, maybe maybe a slightly lower number of units yeah. in England um, because values are slightly higher. I don't know, but. Um, there is likely to be some sort of uh, um, get out for purpose-built student accommodation. I think one quick point on there as well is just the current market conditions um, in terms of supply and demand, the amount of properties, whatever property it is, be that student property, um, a, a different type of residential property, um, it is very difficult to find uh, the suited per property for yourself, whether you're a student or, or not. So they are very the, the, the prospective students and those students looking for accommodation are very organised. They're more, far more structured than they were before in their preparation of understanding the new occupation contract, understanding how things are different from last year if they were a student last year. So that's playing into the hands of it going smoothly because time is is not necessarily on their side to 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 sort of you know look at why things are different. Just look at the benefits of it being different. So that's we're seeing that as a big difference in in this year's take up because it wasn't applicable last year with the changes in december fabulous and ricky was there something else you wanted to mention about rent controls or um did you already cover that apologies i've been reading some of the questions yeah. coming in yeah no i, I again it's probably not something to, to to dwell on really i think you know we were talking earlier on in the week and, and saying that you know that the impact or the negative impact that has whenever it's looked at or introduced um so you know there's been some debate here in wales in wales sorry there's been sort of you know sort of some some questions and, and um um 
and tables for us all to contribute to and, and put our opinions of. And general consensus is, you know, it is um, even managed in a in a in a in a, in a an appropriate way would be detrimental. You know, it would affect supply and demand. It would disencourage new tenants to new landlords to, to to the market. It would probably encourage landlords to exit that are thinking of that already, and ultimately would increase the rent, um, which is is probably the one of the bigger concerns at the moment. So, not, not maybe something that um, is is a big one to move on to or with. Thank I mean, you. I, I- I'd, I'd say um, similar. I mean, we we actually have rent control in Scotland at the moment. Um, I mean, it's it's completely counterproductive in my view. Um, uh, as you said uh, at the start, um, we've got a basic rent cap at three percent, and up to six percent where a client can evidence increase in what's called prescribed costs, which is basically paying more for their mortgage. Um, you know, people are using that. I mean, three percent. You know, is it is it great? Not really. It's not sort of thrilling. Um, and you know, in in a lot of circumstances, you know, mortgages have gone up. Mortgage repayments have gone up more than that. Although um, mortgage costs go up for a while, and then they tend to come down again. Um, so it all it all goes through the system and and sorts sorts itself out. And I think um, most landlords uh, are sort of here anyway are, are in the game longer term and you know we'll see through a, a short period of you know relatively high or higher mortgage rates um i mean the reality around mortgage rates is they're actually still at you know relatively low levels historically um so um it's certainly at the moment it's it's okay if you've got to pay more for your mortgage nobody's throwing a party or um is desperately pleased about that but they are seeing the longer term um I I have no experience of rent controls having worked anywhere in the world. And I'm quite certain they're not working in Scotland because I see the data for the increases that are being achieved when we change tenants. And the the increases um, on a change of tenant at the moment are astronomical. Um, So, yeah, that's very much supply and demand talking. And if, if the government were really serious about um, helping tenants, uh, what they would be doing is rolling back some of the tax changes that have been off-putting to landlords, and um, certainly there would be no rent controls, which is also off-putting to landlords. And they would be they would be doing all they could to encourage increased supply uh, and bringing new landlords into the sector. And the private sector has got a big role to play, and and it's like a tap that you know government can switch on very quickly and there's no there's no impact on the public purse um because it's it's not government money it's it's all funded by you know private investors um basically and people like choice you know tenants like to have a wide choice they like to live in the same properties that yeah or same type of properties that everyone else does they like to have a wide choice of property so you know if you really want to help tenants then encourage supply and do not enact measures that um, basically are off-putting and, and are not likely to have a negative impact on supply. Yeah, I think this the is... Rent, rent control doesn't work. I mean, thank God there doesn't seem to be any serious talk of um, rent control coming in, in England. I mean, it, it would definitely be unhelpful um, and it would definitely restrict uh, restrict supply, which puts rents up. Some statistics out today that, um, you know, from a Welsh point of view, I think the consensus is the same. Then, Kevin, that it's, you know, it's it wouldn't be productive in any form. Um, the, the the Welsh rent increases over over a two or three year period through twenty twenty up until the summer of this year, Wales has got the biggest increase. You know, we're, we're over thirty percent in terms of, you know, the cost of rent annually um, in that period of time, and a big contribution to that supply and demand aside is the increase in asking prices um in between tenant a and tenant b um as as kevin says so a three four five six seven percent whatever it may be as an increase for a tenant in situ who's choosing and wanting to be at a property rather than being there reluctantly i think is a very positive for the market rather than a 15 20 25 percent increase when tenant a leaves to to tenant b that has no choice so you know that that stats this morning of of 30 percent is is eye-walking almost and you know that's that's you know that 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 can't continue there we go everyone oh, sorry to cut you off kevin i think we're 
pushing for time a little bit. Um, I think we've had some really great recommendations from Ricky and Kevin today about how best to prepare for these changes. But main ones here, of course, are ready your team to make sure everyone's workload will allow for the changes. Prepare, prepare, prepare. (laughs) Share the information um, at the right time with your landlord so they don't get overwhelmed. And lastly, to build a strong database of contractors and tradespeople. I'm sorry if we didn't uh, answer all of the questions that came in. Um, we tried to get through them um, in, in live time. Um, so if you have some, please have a look at our resources um, on our website. Um, and we have lots of places where you can reach us. But thank you so much, Ricky. And thank you, Kevin, for your time and knowledge today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting thank me. And hopefully we've helped to uh, those that have attended. Yeah, for sure. Good luck. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye.